0: Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And uh, what well, we know, starting this morning, there are a lot of reports out there <laughs> about a particular hiring of the love Buccaneers. Reports. Love reports. Reports are great. We we make a living on reports but we also are a part of the team and there's been no official word yet from the team on everything so um just some thoughts so far on the the offensive coordinator search of, of to this point what we've um seen in terms of all the different candidates and some of that news and uh just your thoughts on what this could mean moving forward and, and what some of these reports are that are out there
1: well it's been an extensive search yes say that the buccaneers have interviewed 10 uh, candidates and, and uh, whether or not you know we have an announcement coming soon uh, you know they've done they've done their due diligence mm-hmm. and, and looked uh, uh you know searched all around the league and interviewed a lot of up and coming bright young coaches. Um, but you see that actually around the league, like the when the Ravens hired Todd Munkin, which is also another one of the uh, people that the Buccaneers uh, interviewed, they made a point of saying we interviewed fifteen people, we looked all around. So I mean it just makes sense to interview a lot of people to you know pick some brains to get an idea of you know you know what some of these young offensive mm-hmm. minds are thinking and, and and just you know get cast a wide net and and listen to ideas and, and see who you really like and who you think is going to be the one who you know you you think could really fashion a new you know a new offense for you because the thing about that most of these candidates have something really good on the resume right they just helped some quarterback do something great or they did this or that but none of them are play callers so mm-hmm. you're basing your decision on <clears throat> you know how you when you met with them how you felt about them what you think they could do but when it comes down to it you still don't know what how they're going to be as play callers and that's the big deal about becoming the offensive coordinator for a team that doesn't have an offensive minded coach so Mm -hmm. they're definitely going to be calling plays so it's it's a very interesting topic but it's not officially decided yet
0: no official word from the Buccaneers so make sure you stay tuned to all of our coverage here on Buccaneers.com as always for any updates and news moving forward on that and everything else and so exciting for us we have not had a show since a certain hall of fame decision was yeah, made maybe. and uh you know i know that i'll probably be mentioning it in uh buck's feet when i shoot that later on and, and part of what i was going to say and that is just the idea that i'm sure bucks fans have probably heard about this by now but i don't think <laughs> any of them are going to be tired of talking about it no. at least i know we are not I know so I'm not. uh yeah i know you've already gotten to write about it but i knew on this show we wanted to get a chance to talk about it and uh just your initial thoughts on him finally making it in and what you think was different about this year and just what this means to, to him and the organization
1: Relief. Mm. Relief. I you know, with John Lynch, it took like seven years and I was concerned that it was going to be that sort of process. But really when it came down to it, it was his third year as a finalist, which isn't that bad. No. I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> sure it was again tough felt a long time. Time. way. It's like time. dog years <laughs> it feels but, forever. Yeah. It just came down to the fact that when they kept making him a finalist, and then when you looked at the resume there were no holes in that resume that's a hall of fame resume it has it all and I've said it many times so I probably don't need to lay out the whole argument again since he did it since it since he's in but it was gratifying to see the voters you know look at that resume and go yeah that's a hall of famer there's no Mm -hmm. question he has everything he has the stats he has the longevity he has the signature plays he has the things that nobody else has done Um, it's
0: Which I I loved because I do feel like it's always interesting to see sometimes what the Hall of Fame voters value. And sometimes it feels like it's some just name recognition, like the hype that's around it. And sometimes it is purely stats and there can be some intangibles that don't always seem to get valued as much. And the fact that he really did just completely create almost a new position. I was worried that there were things that Rondé did that weren't traditional by the book ways of getting into the Hall of Fame fame but he did still have all those stats he did have he a did lot of those of things yeah. um and you know we talked about like you know we came on salty dogs with you guys and we were worried that it was almost like he was getting penalized by having so much other talent around him of how many of these guys can you put in the hall of fame and that was a problem yeah and it's but it's like man i'm so glad that that didn't have that effect because he should just get judged on what he did and regardless of who else was out there with him he did incredible things that
1: was that was a big hurdle with the voters from what i understand though Be, four players off one defense and honestly it's the first time that's happened since the Steelers in the 1970s so it is unusual but then you're penalizing a guy for like the order that they retired right I yeah. mean if Ronde was before right. John Lynch would John Lynch be here and well we can't put four guys in the same right. D. it's not really fair to and a, it's and, like
0: you're penalizing them for having you know good scouting and yeah. GM work and everything <laughs>
1: they, it, but really that's that defense was legendarily good from about 1990 the end of 96 through about 2005 a solid decade. During that decade, they were clearly the best defense in the league, and they were good every single year. Mm-hmm. And when they peaked in 2002 and in that Super Bowl year, they really yep. peaked, allowed 12.3 points per game that year. It's it just, incredible. Uh, and, and that is that has Monty Kiffin was a great defensive coordinator. Um, they all played well together. But now you look back and go, well, yeah, they had four Hall of Famers on the defense. Of course, they were really good.
0: Unbelievable. All right. Well, now let's turn to this season a little bit more that this is the time of year where we always kind of like to look at the schedule, what's ahead, what's coming up. Um, and then, of course, free agency, big part of that. So what are some of the things to be keeping our eye on now moving forward?
1: This has become sort of an annual thing the last few years, but the Buccaneers and that's partially because they've signed a lot of one-year contracts in, in recent years. Uh, but the Buccaneers have 23 players from their 2022 roster, and here they are, who are going to, who are pending unrestricted free agents. You see there's one restricted free agent and two exclusive rights one. Those are kind of different categories that are easier to retain. But the first 23 guys there on the top all are free to go, and I mean, unless the Buccaneers use a franchise tag, which I kind of doubt. Maybe Jamel Dean, but I kind of doubt it.
0: It is such a long that's list. a long
1: list now there's a lot of guys on there that you know i mean are backups or, or role players and you know, they you can get them back or not but there's some big names on there one i'd point out and there's this picture right there is levante david
0: mm-hmm. so, yeah
1: levante's signed and finished three contracts with the buccaneers already and that's unusual in and of itself incredible If he were to return next year for a 12th season, he would become just the fourth player, including Ronnie Barber, who we just talked about, Derek Brooks, and Paul Gruber, who have played a dozen or more years for the Buccaneers and not played for anybody else. So you're talking about one of the core guys in franchise history right there. So does Levante David, I think he'd be going into his age 34 season next year, uh, but he just came off a really nice season. Uh, in, in age 33, just really played very well, so there's no reason to worry that he's not the same player. Mm-hmm. But how long does Levante does Levante want to play? D- is he does he value staying with the same team the whole time? Does he get some offers elsewhere? Right. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of other names on there, you know, especially Carl, on the defense. Yeah, there's a lot of defensive players up there. Carl Nassib, you know, did a nice job. Uh, Anthony Nelson just finished his rookie contract. Does he get a, a bigger deal somewhere else? There's a lot to work with, and as you mentioned earlier the cap situation isn't great. So I think maybe we were talking about that off air, but um, the cap situation is difficult to deal with. So you throw that into the mix, you think, how are the Bucks going to get a lot of these guys there? And maybe a lot of them won't be back, but you know that happens in the NFL. You have a lot of turnover. Yeah, Isn't it like an
0: <clears> average of 40% something like, that. Something like yeah. turnover every yeah. year, which is crazy. And it, again, when the Bucks have signed back so many people the last couple of years, it's easy to forget that. It and can't
1: go on forever. Yeah,
0: you can't do that for, forever, which is going to be interesting. And so what are some of the big dates moving forward that the uh, the Bucks can keep an eye on and, and fans should, should pay attention yeah, to? Yeah,
1: well, with the new season, the new league year starts on March 15th, as you see there. Um, that's really the biggest date on there. That's when free agency begins. That's when you have to be under the salary cap by. But there's a few other things before then, uh, starting on February 21st and going through a, a little bit about a week before uh, the new league year you can use uh, franchise tags on players um, you have the nfl scouting combine coming up at the very end of the at the very end of this month um, you have that period when you can start bringing in the 30 draft eligible guy you get 30 visits from guys that you can that you, you might be interested in drafting and then um, the free agency begins as i mentioned and right before free agency there's about a not quite three day period about 52 hours when you're like they call it legal tampering is the way they refer to it is when Which is you're always
0: <laughs> such a funny term to me in general it's well
1: like, the league doesn't use that term. right that's, yeah yeah um, they call it the negotiation period so that's the amount of time when you can start talking to the agents not the players themselves but the agents of potential free agents on other teams and you can even start negotiating contracts and that's why as everybody knows on the march 15th when free agency begins all of a sudden you have just a landslide of deals you're like how'd they get that done in 30 minutes you know they had the framework in place so that's that's coming up pretty soon and, and we're going to be turning the page pretty much the you know the super Bowl's is over what do you think about the super
0: bowl so real, oh, so fun. I mean, yeah. what a fun. I, I'm always a big fan of the offense in general. I'm not someone that would wants the, like, six <laughs> the to purest, three. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not game, that person. Yeah, I'm not that person. So uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, Both quarterbacks were incredible. They really were. That was just – it was a fun game to watch, yeah. you know, when they, to not really have any, um, you know, dog in the fight, yeah, as they say. Exactly. It was just the, the perfect kind of game, I felt like, to just sit back and enjoy – you know some some really beautiful football and plays that make you say oh my gosh and that's what you want in that game and of course jalen
1: hurts was amazing he is uh either if if philly won he would have been the mvp for sure absolutely i did have a dog in the fight i have kansas city chiefs roots so that's true i was you were happy
0: about that whole thing all right well that is going to do it for us on this edition of bucks insider live thank you so much for being with us and we'll see you next time